the Women Changing the World podcast, a podcast on a mission to bring you some of the most amazing women I know who are doing incredible things to generally make the world a better place. From corporate sustainability to straight up magic and everything in between, you'll meet the real life humans who are birthing the new. I'm your host, Liz Best, and I'm here to amplify the stories and voices of women who are changing the world. excited to be sitting down today with Tatiana Figueredo. She is the founder of the Business of Community, and she is someone who I have learned an immense amount from over the past six months. Tatiana is a community business strategist in addition to being the founder of the Business of Community, and she helps community founders scale values-driven community businesses. Tatiana has helped a diverse group of community businesses perfect their business models, optimize their community experience, and grow sustainable businesses. She loves reading, birdwatching, hosting dinner parties, and living in Brooklyn. Today, Tatiana and I talked about everything from how she came to do what she does today to boundaries as a community leader, why they're important, and some that she's implemented in her own life and work, as well as how Tatiana views business as a tool for self-actualization and the many, many benefits to leading a community business that extend far beyond revenue. I just know you're going to enjoy my conversation with Tatiana as much as I did. Welcome to another new episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. I am so excited today to be joined by Tatiana Figueredo, who taught me a whole lot of everything I know about uh, the business of community and what a community business is. And Tatiana, I'm just so, so excited to have you here on the show. Um, Would you mind briefly introducing yourself to our listeners? It is so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, My name is Tatiana, and my work is around finding ways to connect people to each other and finding the intersection between small businesses and how we can build those small businesses in the way that helps people uh, make friends, bring more connection to the world, and yeah, build communities where people are growing together and nurturing each other's growth. Um, and yeah, it was, it's really cool to do things like this because, um, I find that a lot of people who join our community, which is a community for people who are building communities, there are like, there's like a multiplication of connections and of people coming into each other's spaces like this. And it's really, It's really beautiful to see and participate in. Yay. Oh my gosh. Well, I couldn't agree more. And it was wild even how I came to discover you and your work um, was like through a a series of events and conversations. Eliza, who was on this podcast, had mentioned um, 
the upside to me, which in like looking at the upside, I saw a post that you had written about the upside. <laughs> and Geisha, who was also on the podcast, um, when I was asking her about uh, community building, she was like, do you know Tatiana? I really feel like you should know Tatiana. And like, um, yeah, Tiffany, uh, who I know is like in the community that you facilitate will be on the podcast this season. So it's, it is really cool. The like many intersection points of people who are, are just doing really cool work in this space to create more community and create more connection and more relationships. Um, I would love for our listeners who may not be familiar with, um, the business of community and building a community business. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about what it is that you do and and the magic that you've created through your business? Yeah. So the business of community is the name of the organization that I run and we're a learning organization and we're ourselves finding ways of building community between people who are building community. And one of the ways we do that is through our course and community, which is called Build a Community Business. And it is um, a course and a community that you can come into at any point and get not only lessons and learnings and a process to go through to launch a community for, for, for the first time or to grow it if you're already running one, um, but also kind of experience community in a way that you can be inspired by and bring that back to um, the business that you're you're building yourself. Um, that's kind of the environment that we want to create there. Oh, I love it. That's so cool. And I've learned so much um, both by virtue of like being in this space and then also through the course and the course materials. Yeah, it's so neat. I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit more. I know one of the things I always love hearing about on the podcast um, is like how you came to be here and like what your journey has looked like that inspired you to start this business and to create this course. Um, and really the invitation here too is like take up space, tell us like as long of a version as you would like to tell us. <laughs> we would love to hear what brought you here today. Yeah, so I'll I'll talk about kind of my whole life story because I think that it is uh, very related to what I ended up doing. So when I was ten, I was born in Brazil, and when I was ten, my family moved from Brazil to um, the suburbs of New York City, and that experience of being an immigrant in a new country, I think, really formed how I think about. Uh, my life in general and that moment of feeling the disconnection but also like finding new friends and like having to like manually figure out what connection is for myself and recreate a, a network and understand what it is to connect with people so even though I was 10 years old that's something that I always um, count back to now in in hindsight I could see that um, I still approach things in the way that that little 10 year old learned how to, how to connect and how to interact with people. So, um, I, you know, I think ever since then, I've always built community in some kind of way. I was involved in student government when I was in school. I played in sports teams, even when I was terrible at sports, because I really liked the being together with people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I started my career, I worked in international sales, but I, I really approached, I kind of had no choice because I was very underqualified for that job as, as someone like straight out of college. And I really approached it in a very community way, like sales in a way where um, I always asked a lot of questions and I hosted events for people and I was always the one that was planning things and um, building relationships in a real way and not just in a transactional um, way. And I'm, I'm really grateful to that period because it helped me to connect, like you can actually make money, you can actually be in business, but you can also still be a real human and show up and build real relationships with the people who you're working with. Um, Mm -hmm. And then from there, I went into the tech industry where I held like every possible job at a, at a (laughs) startup. And I worked at a company called imperative where what we ended up building was, is a, a, um, a peer coaching platform. So it's a way to build community within large organizations. And at the same, at the same time that I was doing this uh, work and thinking about connection within these large organizations, I was also building community for, for women in tech in New York. I built a, a community called Tech Fest Club. Um, so I was seeing community in these different contexts and these, in these different ways. And that was kind of the seed for what the business of community grew into because it were it was understanding how groups connect with each other and what that looks like and thinking about eventually thinking about ways of teaching that to people and consulting with people who wanted to build these kinds of organizations. Um, and what I always cared about was what we're learning about ourselves through this process, because I saw very early on that the things that I was drawn to, the the groups that I wanted to stay engaged in were, also, were always the groups where I was able to show up as myself, whether I was leading the group or just participating in those groups. So what I always emphasize with people who are building community, that it's don't be too too strategic in the thing that's going to work the best because the thing that's going to work the best is the thing that you care about and the thing that um, the the community where you're growing yourself as you're helping other people grow as well. Um, And yeah, and that's how we got here. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love that. Well, and I, I also just like so deeply resonate with I feel like one of the earliest things I like kind of like saw or read or heard of of yours is this idea of like our businesses as vehicles for like self-actualization and, and personal growth, um, which just feels so true to me in my experience of entrepreneurship of like I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the past three years is sort of like wherever I go, there I am. <laughs> um, and, and I feel like especially when we think about like community businesses, that's like even more pronounced in a lot of ways. For sure. There's so much of us in these businesses and I think we're better off naming that and figuring out the parts that are in there. 
um, than trying to be generic or covering it up in some way. Totally. I also would just love to share for people who are listening because I love Tatiana's um, definitions um, of both community and community business. This is like something you haven't thought about in this context before. So community would be a group of people who are interested in nurturing their own and one another's growth. And a community business is an organization that makes money from facilitating interactions that nurture both individual and collective growth. I'm curious, is there like a story behind kind of like coming up with these definitions? They really resonate with me. And I'm just curious, given all your work in this space. There is a story. <laughs> um, those, de- the definition, both of those definitions um, are, they're very close to a definition that I read um, in a Bell Hooks book called All About Love. And she was defining love. Um, like love is, um, the, the definition of love is two people coming together to nurture their own and one another's growth. And the way that she spoke about love within that book, um, really resonated with me. And I couldn't see any other way to define community than to define it through love and through coming together in this like act of love for, for each other. Um, so that's where that definition comes from, um, from Bell Hooks, All About Love. Oh, I love that so much. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. I didn't know that. Well, and I'm curious. So you were like building community in all these different ways and you were consulting um, on community building. How did you, what did the leap look like from from doing that to actually starting um, the business of community and the BACB course? In between having a job and starting the business of community, I was really burnt out. And I think I jumped into a lot of other little projects and little businesses that I'm glad I did because I learned a lot. Um, but I think I did them for the wrong reason and before I was really ready to to do them. And as I was kind of exploring what I was doing, I was consulting with people who I had worked with before or people who I knew through my network here in New York. And because I had done so many different things, I was consulting on lots of different things. So I would do like a sales project for someone. I would do, I used to be um, a head of product for, for the startup that I talked about. So I did some product management work. Um, and I also did some community work and it was the community work that was really it was like the thing that felt so easy to me, but in a really engaging way, in a really fun way, not in a boring way. It just felt like it felt right. And at a time when like everything else felt like I was just forcing it and trying really hard, it felt like it was the thing that was kind of pulling me in in that direction. So um, I started just working with people who, we're starting communities or growing communities or relaunching or migrating communities to other platforms. And it was from there that the actual frameworks of the course and everything else kind of just start, started coming together. Oh, that's so cool. I know for me in the past, it's like it's been hard to like trust the easy thing. Um, and in my entrepreneurial journey, like learning how to trust the thing that's like 
oh, this just feels easy. This just feels right. This is the thing I want to like spend all my time on. And like then having the courage to like put the other stuff down. It's such a, such a journey. For sure. Yeah. I'm curious from your perspective, I think something that, um, you know, learning from you and your work, something that like sort of really gave me like one of those like aha moments was this idea of like a community business model being different from like maybe a traditional business model. And I'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more about like from your perspective, like what makes a community business model different from like the business models that like people may ha- like be thinking about from business school or from, <laughs> um, from just like how they've maybe approached their businesses before. Yeah. In, in my mind, when you're building a community business, if all you want to do is make money, it's not the easiest way of making money on the internet. There are like plenty of other things to do that would probably help you make more money, have less headaches, um, and do that stuff a lot faster. Community is a lot slower and it's not something that you can guarantee that it'll work in a certain way. So the, the core thing about a community business model is that your, your single goal is not just how do I maximize this in a way that's going to bring in the most money, even though there are a lot, a lot of the communities we already mentioned in this conversation are making a lot of, of money. It is like something that can grow to, to like, make significant revenue. And that's something that I hope that we're moving more towards. Um, but it's also about prioritizing that connection piece, both for the people who are coming in, but also for yourself. So that self-actualization through your, like this mutual growth and through this, uh, building this kind of business is something that like, you can't really buy. It's a really, at least for for me and for a lot of the people who have taken the course, it is such a gratifying type of business to to run. And it's almost like we should find a way to quantify that in some way so that we can compare apples to apples because we're living such better lives because we have this type of business in in our lives. Um, So to me, that's like one of the main differences And the way I think about it is it is a business still, like we talk a lot about growth, we talk about marketing, we talk about sales, but we're defining those things through the lens of community versus like tacking on community and trying to figure out, um, is this a marketing thing? Is it a customer success thing? It's more about like, no, what are these other things doing here and how can we define them through the lens of, of community? Totally. I love that perspective so much and that framing. Um, yeah, just so deeply resonates with me and is so true to to my experience to date as well. Um, the like, yeah, the richness and you just like light up when you talk about just like the richness of the experience of getting to like lead and facilitate and grow a community is like, it's so, it's unlike any other like experience or type of growth, at least that, that I've had to date, um, as an entrepreneur. And I guess I'm curious if you have a perspective on, um, like who might a a community business be 
or like you, you mentioned like when people just sort of like tack on community as like an afterthought or like maybe from like a revenue generation perspective and it's not truly kind of at the heart of their business and what they do, um, that it might not be the best option. Like who do you think community really is the best option for? Like what are some of the sort of like archetypes of people or businesses where it makes a lot of sense? Yeah. Um, so from what I've seen, there are kind of four core types of community businesses and these are businesses that are like the business model is actually very simple. Like people pay you to come and what they get from paying you is growth, is connection, is the community. So it's like a very simple business model. There's no like third party um, that is like funding it while you're somebody else is paying for it. It's just very straightforward. Like the person who gets the value is paying for the for the value of it. And the the four different types of uh, community businesses. The first one is the one that we would probably all think of, which is a, a membership community. So that is um, any group where a lot of the value comes, most of the value comes from connecting with each other. So a lot of networking and a lot of like feeling seen by the group. Um, the ratio of how much you learn to connection is more heavily on the connection side. Um, and yeah, like anyone who has an audience that has a certain specific identity and those people would benefit and would grow from coming together in a group that is like a potential for a membership community. Totally. Well, and just by way of like transparency too, for anyone listening, the Girls Club Collective falls into this membership community bucket. Um, and I have a sense of where Tatiana is going with some of the others and uh, the Girls Club Mastermind fits into a different one. So um, we can talk a little bit about like how that came to be later on in our conversation, but just as context if you're listening. Yeah, I, I love providing examples. And I think that's a, a really, um, you're building a really good example of some of these different types. The other one that I think the, the mastermind is going to fall into is group coaching, right? Yeah, it's um, it's more it's like a yeah it's group code it's a cohort based not quite core so it was like sort of straddling like the cohort based model uh, and the membership model um, that's now transitioning into fully the membership model. Got it. Yeah. So okay. So not to confuse like the the next three types. So you mentioned cohort based courses. These are like short term community experiences. So you have something to teach people and you bring them together for a short-term community experience, but it's not just about them learning from you. You identify the ways where they're going to get a lot from connecting with each other and really thinking about what they gain from being in a container together. Um, so that's cohort-based course. The other course one is an evergreen course. So you can have you're a te you're an online teacher and you have or or in person these work in person also um but you have content that you record and then you have um you have you provide live support for the content that you're teaching but it doesn't have to be a cohort meaning that it could be that people are coming into the course at any point but community is a core part of what they're getting from 
from what you're offering. In that one, the ratio of connection to learning is uh, much more towards learning, but connection is still a part of it and part of why people are coming in and maybe staying within the, the container is because they're meeting people and they're getting the, the community piece. And then the last one is for anyone who's a one-on-one -on -one coach and is thinking about doing group programs and really trying to figure out, um, you know, not everyone wants to do group programs because it scales your revenue, but I think it can also kind of scale the impact of what you're doing when you are not just um, helping someone one-on-one, -on -one, but really introducing community into it and helping people help each other and almost coaching them into how they can also coach each other. Um, and that's the, the group coaching community business model that, that you can, you can think about. Um, so those are kind of the four. So there are a lot of people building online businesses that maybe have a community component. My invitation is to like make community the core of it and, um, yeah, like lean all the way into community and um, figure out how these things kind of fit around the, the group. Is Network on your 2023 to-do list? Hi there, it's Liz. If you're liking our conversation and our approach to personal development, career advancement, and living a life that turns you on, I invite you to join our community, the Girls Club Collective. We are the intentionally intimate personal and professional development community for women who are changing the world. Instead of asking for a seat at the table, we decided to build our own. Like most change agents and rebels with a cause, you don't often have enough hours in the day to change the world and cultivate a strategic network. If overwhelm has become your second language and you're feeling tired of trying to convince your own marketing team to actually read your ESG report, you're in the right place. We know that sometimes trying to make a difference can feel like being that one person out on the dance floor trying to get the party started. And that's why we created the Girls Club Collective. It's where women changing the world organize, and all you have to do is show up as yourself. We are the anti-establishment version of the Boys Club, reimagining ambition, and leading the movement of meaningful work fueled by moxie, strategy, and a little bit of magic. That means you not only gain access to a community of people you need to know, you'll also take a look at how you can grow as a leader, what you really want, and why your dream of living by the beach and working for yourself isn't as crazy as it sometimes feels. By offering monthly peer advisory, salons on timely and relevant topics, networking power hours, and more, the Girls Club Collective is your extended team, your extra brains, and an energizing environment that is geared toward your personal and professional growth. We believe that changing the world is a team sport. Join the collective designed for exactly that and use the code PODCAST, that's all caps, PODCAST, for 10% off your first year of membership. You can find the link to join us in the show notes. And I cannot wait to see you in the collective. Totally. Well, I so appreciate that. And I, yeah, I feel like it's, I love the way that you've broken down the different categories of community business because I know like at least for me as a coach, like 
pre being exposed to like you and your work, like I was like doing some of these things, but not necessarily with like understanding or appreciating one, the role that community played in them. And then two, like the nuances between the different buckets, because they're like different things to think about, especially depending on like on the like learning to community as the value spectrum, like there's sort of like different things you'd want to plan if the goal is like for everyone to learn one thing versus to connect with each other. Um, So just so appreciate like the framework that you've brought to understanding um, all the different options. Yeah. And then I know for you, you've also been evolving your business. So would you be willing to share a little bit about like how how this has like looked in real time as an evolution for you and your work? Yeah, for sure. I think from a, a business strategy perspective, it, um, it I, I always suggest this is counterintuitive because most people when they're starting a community – they start with like, oh, I'm going to do a free group. And then once I've built an audience with this big free group, then I'll, co- I'll invite these people to um, something that's paid, something that is a little bit more expensive and kind of go that way. And I always suggest, and what I did is totally the opposite, which is starting with very high touch and slowly kind of moving down and including more people within within the group. So instead of starting with like a low cost membership, we started with a cohort based course. It was like the quickest way to get the community going and cohort based course and any of these um, in any way that we can add content to the community. It makes it so that you can launch um, you can launch a community without so much pressure on the community part of it because there are other aspects to it. There are other things going on in the, in the group that um, people aren't just coming into a space and thinking, Oh, there's nobody to talk to here. There are other things to do. There are other um, there's more structure in place. So um, I started with very little audience. I was working like, just one-on-one with people. So I hadn't built any kind of email list or um, really talked about my work publicly too much. So I started with a cohort-based course as a beta and sold 10 seats for the first cohort. And then from there, took what I was learning about teaching in that way and built it more into the evergreen model so that people could come into the community at any time and get the information that they needed, but also um, start building in a community that kind of continues on and can be more of a membership that's not just about coming in and getting the information and then leaving, but it's more like ongoing support for anyone who's building this kind of business. Totally. I love it. It makes so much sense. Um, And again, it's been so much fun to experience. Shifting gears a little bit, I know that boundaries are something that are really important to you as a person and something that you believe are important as a community leader. I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit more about uh, your relationship with boundaries and how you think they relate to community. Yeah, I love this question. Um, So for me personally, I think like I think building a community and building this business specifically 
has been this like long exercise on just like getting over myself and realizing that like I'm not the only one with the answer and actually me taking a step back is an invitation for other people to step up and they might have better answers than I do. Um, I, I mentioned earlier, like I grew up as this like older sister and um, the older cousin, like the, the, like the person who kind of had everything all the way together. So I had no boundaries. It was like anyone who was like asking me for something, I was like, uh, I, I had to like figure it out their problem. I had to figure out their problem for them. And I had this like, always had this impulse of like, everything is on me and I'm the one who's responsible for everything. And like, I think a lot of us who are drawn to community have this personality. And I think it's a really important lesson that we are asked to learn when you're in community, because if you behave in this way in community, in your life, you are actually not building a, a thriving community you're just doing stuff for people like it's you're you're being you're just being everyone's butler and you're not enabling a space where people are connecting to each other because you're showing up as this like perfect person who can solve everybody's problem and you're not enabling people to connect with each other and to help each other which is what we really need to do when we're in community so um boundaries for me became this way of like they're not only going to help me to make space for myself and show up here um as a full whole person who wants to be here and who doesn't feel resentful um but they're also going to help the people who are in this community because the more i take a step back the more i'm making room for for other people to to show up and i think that's a really important lesson for a lot of people who are drawn to community to to learn. And it has been an important lesson for me personally to, to learn and to continue to learn through this process. Totally. I can only imagine, but that makes so much sense. And oh my gosh, as the oldest sister, I so resonate <laughs> with that idea. <laughs> like, I feel like so many of us who are drawn to like both coaching and community are people who are like, we just like, we want to help. And like so much of the journey uh, to doing these things professionally is like learning what kind of help is actually the most helpful. And sometimes it's like not doing anything at all, but just holding the space. Yeah. Um, I I'm selfishly would love to know, are there any boundaries that you feel comfortable sharing that you have set with like with yourself and your like relationship to your business or to the community that you found especially helpful? Yeah, I'll share a fun one. <laughs> um, I block out one afternoon per week. It's usually a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And I take myself on a solo field trip. And mm. It's a boundary because it's blocked out on my calendar, like before the week starts. So nothing can be booked during that time. And it's, I find that it's, it's, it feels like I'm like, you know, skipping school, even, even though, you know, it's my own business. I, I could technically do this at any time, but it, it, there's like this break during the week where I really get to do something fun just for myself and it helps 
it helps me to be creative. It helps me to show up the next day, really um, excited to be back and really um, to be able to show up for, for the community in, in the way that I want to show up. Um, so that's a fun one that I recommend. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I will confess I, for a long time, had Wednesday mornings I had blocked for hiking alone. Um and with the winter and like other things, I feel like that has slowly gone away. So I appreciate the reminder of the importance of a midweek field trip. And it is wild. Like I'm coming up at least on like three years uh, tomorrow actually of running my business. And like I still feel like I'm getting away with something when I'm not in front of my laptop <laughs> between nine and five. I know. Which is which is like you can reframe it to like, actually, I am getting away with something and it's fun and it's okay. <laughs> and this is why I do what I do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to like give other people permission to do this as well. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious, do you have any other sort of like tips and tricks for, you know, I, I, I've heard from a number of people and I definitely, I, I don't think I fully had thought about this before like launching and creating the Girls Club Collective, but I have in the past month or so since it being out in the world, I, I've had the thought a couple of times. It's not really like a thought I believe, but um, I do feel like there's a lot of people I've heard say like they kind of have like a commitment fear around like starting a community and this idea of like, you know, opening up like a year long container or a longer container. I know like so much of the work I've done in my business up until this point, like sort of the longest at least initial commitment is about six months. And so something about like going from like six months to a year, I feel like there's like a lot of self-trust in that, but also there's just like a lot of life that can happen and that can change in like a period of a year. And so I'm curious, like from a like burnout and boundaries and like, you know, having that like faith in yourself, do you have any wisdom to offer, um, you know, people who may be thinking about this, but the thought of like a year long commitment potentially is scary or people who are already in it and are like, oh gosh, how do I make this sustainable and not like repeat maybe some of the less sustainable habits I've had in my business in the past. Yeah. This is very common with uh, people starting a community because it is, it is a commitment and you are, um, you know, you're committing to showing up in a certain way for, for a group of people. What I usually recommend is if a year feels like a long time and that you're not sure about how, how you're, if you're going to like running a community, if this is the way that you're going to end up running a community, I always recommend starting with a shorter amount of time as, as like a pilot program or a beta where you do it for three months and you make it very clear in these three months, this is going to be a community experience where we're going to explore this. These are the things that we're going to include. This is how much it is. This is how you join. And then after those three, <laughs> after those three months, then you can make a decision about the next six months or maybe the next year. But you never have to commit to something that is like, I'm going to do this forever until you've done it a little bit and you have a sense of how it's going to go. And even if you're sure that you want to do this for the next year, I still recommend doing a shorter term trial at first because 
it takes a little bit of trial and error to get the the model right, to get your price right, to um, you know see the kinds of events you want to host and how the schedule is going to work for for your life. So I always recommend only committing to what you know you're going to do in the beginning and starting with a smaller um, container and then kind of moving, expanding that as it feels good to you. Mm, That's so smart. And that makes a lot of sense. Well, I I mean, we could definitely talk about community businesses all day, uh, and I would love that in the future. Um, I did want to ask you a few other sort of like quick hit questions um, to get a sense of, yeah, just some of like what you've been thinking about lately. So one of my favorite questions to ask on the podcast is what advice you wish you could give to your younger self? And you can totally pick an age or just like generic younger self advice, but what is something that you wish you had known when you were younger? I think it would be to be even nerdier than you were. <laughs> I think that um, when I was younger, I was super interested in all these. I was super interested in everything. I was like super curious and I wanted to do everything. And I didn't always get like a lot of encouragement around all of my interests. And I always felt like I needed to be cool versus being nerdy. And I think that being nerdy is actually way better than trying to be cool. So that would be my advice to my younger self. And it's something that I still think about. (laughs) I love that. Well, I feel like being nerdy like is cool once you're old enough to appreciate (laughs) how cool it is to be a nerd. (laughs) For sure. Uh, How fun. Um, So the other question I love asking, it's like not a secret at all. I'm sitting here surrounded by post-its. I look like a crazy person. Um, uh, I've talked on the podcast quite a bit about one day printing like a deck of inspirational post-its where like each post-it has a different message from someone who's been on the podcast. Um, I'm curious if you got a post-it or if you're also looking at a post-it right now, um, what message would you want to put on the post-it? Um, there's this quote from Adrian Marie Brown. Adrian Marie Brown is another person who I'm super inspired by. Um, and the quote is, what is easy is sustainable. Even birds coast when they can or mm. something like that. And that it goes to what we were talking about earlier. Like I've worked on so many different things where I knew I could get the result that I wanted, but it felt really hard. And this leaning into ease and to like what's natural and what's going to happen anyway, and just kind of like being a, a vessel through which um, the the universe is, is talking to people. Um, that's been something that I've really been trying to lean into and like have more ease in my life. Mm. Yes. I, my One of my favorite coaching questions and just questions in general is the question of like, what if it's easy? Um, and a lot of people who listen to this podcast also are very interested in sustainability. So I love that you brought both of them together in that quote, which I have not heard, but it feels so true. Yeah. I love Adrian Marie Brown. Um, yeah. I have a books. feeling I'm about to go down a rabbit hole after this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> 
Um, okay, well, I'm curious. The thing I have to ask, because this is the Women Changing the World podcast, is if you could change one thing about the world, what's the one thing that you would like to change? I do the work that I do because I really think that connection fixes a lot of our problems in the world. But I think that we've moved towards things that seem like there are connections, like social media and like things that are kind of like close enemies of connection, but actually aren't connection and might actually work against it. So I, I the way that I wish that we could change the world is really to approach more conversations and approach more people with this intention of connecting because it is what we want anyway, but it's something that feels very, um, it, it doesn't feel very comfortable to name and to show up that way. So I think that um, like bringing more that, that intention of connection into more conversations and into more spaces is what I would love to change about the world. That really resonates on so many levels. And I think especially as we enter into whatever chapter of the pandemic we're currently in, like I feel like connection is something that like so many of us are so deeply craving. And I also feel like in so many ways it feels like I think – I don't I can speak for myself and say like I feel like so weirdly rusty at like <laughs> real connection um even just like at in person connection after doing everything virtually for so long um but I feel like that energy would really shift a lot in the world if we could show up that way. Yeah. I totally agree. I feel very rusty in person also. But also <laughs> like but also like with the like tiniest connection out in the world now it like brings me so much joy when like I talk to someone I talk to a cashier at a store or like something like that I'm like people are just great it's like it's both it's like very awkward and very hard to connect but also like connection feels so valuable <laughs> so yeah Totally. Well, it's wild how I feel like some so many of the things that used to just be like an average Tuesday night or an average Saturday, like going to a workout class with a friend and having coffee or like having a fun like interaction with a stranger, like this all just used to be like so like normal. I'm using like air quotes, but now I feel like it's like electric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to I went to a concert um a couple weeks ago and I think it was I think I had been to other like smaller concerts but it was really like the first like concert since the pandemic started and I was just like I am having the most fun ever everyone is here listening to the same music like I feel so connected to these people and it was just like it's like the opposite of taking things for granted <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that. A concert is actually something I've not yet – it's like on my list of things that I've like been wanting to do and haven't done in a very long time. So it makes me really excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm curious, like what is what making you feel like hopeful or optimistic about the future right now and in this moment? Well, I think what we've just been talking about, these little tiny connections, I think that, you know, at least I'm starting to go outside without a mask on, which I think – is making 
a big difference in like the little connections that I make, like going to the farmer's market and actually seeing people's faces and being able to interact with people. And I find that whenever I do set that intention to connect, even if I'm just going around the block or if I'm going for a walk in the park, I find that people reciprocate that and just those tiny little sparks um, really motivate me as a human and also my work because I feel like, yeah, like I feel like just the way I'm resting and you're resting in this, like many other people are and our work a lot of the time is about creating the structures where it doesn't feel so awkward and where we can all like be less rusty in, in connecting with people. So yeah, uh, when I see those little tiny sparks and even in on zoom, but like, especially now in person that we're going outside more, um, it's really like tiny little inspiration moments for me. Mm. Yes. And I love that idea of like us, you know, creating spaces where like we can all show up and be like awkward and rusty together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, this has been such a treat, Tatiana. I'm curious for people who are listening who like are loving like your work and you, like what's the best place for people to follow along or find out more and keep up with you? Yeah, I write a free newsletter every week. It is at businessofcommunity.co. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at tatfig, T-A-T-F-I-G. Um, even though I post in both those places very inconsistently, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, and I have to give you, uh, I just have to say like your, um, welcome email sequence was like one of the best welcome email sequences I think I've like gotten on in a long time. So if you're like wanting to learn more about business and community, uh, you will get so much value out of joining Tatiana's mail list. I can say from firsthand experience. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Honestly, I, my, I've not had a, it's on my to-do list to fix and recreate my own welcome sequence. And it was honestly probably reading yours was like the little seed that was like, okay, this has gone on long enough. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you for being an example. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I love the replies I get to it. So it's good to hear. Totally. Uh, Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. It's just been such a treat to go deeper with you. And you have like, you are such a wealth of knowledge. And I know we've like barely scratched the surface, but I so appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. Please rate and review the Women Changing the World podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is liz.best, that's L-I-S dot B-E-S-T, or you can find me on LinkedIn by searching my name, Liz Best. Join my mail list by visiting elizabethbest.com slash monthly meditation, and you'll receive all the latest updates on events, retreats, and opportunities to work with me plus a monthly love note from my heart to your inbox. I am so excited to keep in touch and I'll see you in the next episode.